You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Hey, y'all. Spooky season is here. And if you're looking for a show to whet your appetite for a little haunted history, then I'd like to invite you to check out Southern Gothic, a chart-topping history podcast that explores some of the most infamous legends, folklore, ghost stories, and hauntings of the American South. We've covered all sorts of stuff from the Bell Witch of Tennessee to the disappearance of the Confederate submarine, the H.L. Hunley, not to mention our deep dives into the local lore of some of America's oldest and most haunted cities like New Orleans, Charleston, and St. Augustine. So if you're ready for a little good old-fashioned Halloween storytelling with a commitment to quality historical research, then be sure to check out Southern Gothic today. It's available now on all your favorite podcast apps. Hey, y'all. This is Marie from the Culture Cult Travel Show, a slightly, nah, definitely an appropriate comedy podcast where I and a guest tell you crazy history stories you've probably never heard of from all 197 countries. So if you also love a good and dirty educational show, then definitely check out the Culture Cult Travel Show. But I know you're here for Queen's podcast, and that involves Katie and Nathan covering history with some cocktails and some cuss words. So if you don't like it, you can get the I'm just kidding. Uh, actually, I don't care what you do. Uh, just letting you know that they're going to cuss and you can't be mad because we warned you. Hi, this is Katie. And this is Nathan. And you're listening to Queen's Podcast, the show about badass women in history. Right. Nathan, Nathan, Nathan. Katie, it is time to do one of the women that I feel like people have been suggesting for us to do for a hot minute. For a minute, people have been requesting this pirate queen. She is our third pirate queen because we had uh, Sayyid Al-Hira and then Jeanne de Clisson. So Yeah, we love our pirates. Our we pirate love movie. our pirates. So Nathan, who are we talking about today? We are talking about the infamous Irish pirate queen who has many names. <laughs> you may know her as Grania or Grace O'Malley. Yes. The pirate queen. The pirate queen. <laughs> yes, I absolutely love it. But first, speaking of love it, Nathan... Tell us about this cocktail. It is so good. Yes. So this cocktail is going to be an Irish mule. So what I did is I took about one and a half ounces of Irish whiskey. I then put in about a quarter of a lemon or excuse me, a quarter of a lime and then topped it off with ginger beer. And in this case, I used an orange, a blood orange ginger beer. So super duper, Mm -hmm. like kind of spicy and sweet and delicious. So Wonderful cocktail. One of my favorites so far. Three simple ingredients, so really can't mess it up. <laughs> yes, love it. I love any reason to break out my my Moscow Mule Cups. My husband and I just celebrated our seventh anniversary this last week. The element is copper, and so we got brand new Moscow Mule Cups for our anniversary. Oh, well, happy anniversary, so, Katie. Thank you. A chance to break these out is great. So quick disclaimer before we get started. 
Grace O'Malley is the anglicized version of her name. We are very, very aware that in her lifetime, no one would have called her Grace. Like that was not a name people used in Ireland at the time. She, in her life, would have been probably known as Grania or Grania Whale. And we recognize that. And we're going to try our hardest not to butcher these beautiful Gaelic names in this episode. Yes, because even though I'm gay, I don't speak Gaelic. <laughs> gay Wordplay. Oh, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, no, we are trying our hardest, but we do also love a good nickname. So, Grania, Gracie, whatever she wants to be called, we're here for it. So, another disclaimer is that does not have a lot of journals or letters that have been left over. Yeah. And after her death, it seems like the Chronicles just, like, tried to erase her from the records. So, Mm. pretty much anything we know about her at this point is through generations of word of mouth, stories that get passed down. So, not 100% reliable (laughs) historical content. So, just about every story about her life needs a little bit of an asterisk by it like hey we right. think it happened but maybe maybe not maybe it's just <laughs> right okay so that being said let's get into her life Grania was probably born in 1530 though we're not like we don't have her birthday and we don't even know if that she was for sure born in 1530 but we think um we do know that she was born in Ireland Specifically, Western Ireland in modern day, a place today known as County Mayo, which is on Western Ireland, far, far West Ireland. It's next to this big trading city called Galway. Her family, the O'Malley clan, ran this section of Ireland. So her father was the O'Malley, which basically just meant that he was the elected leader of their clan. Mm -hmm. So the O'Malley family's motto was, quote unquote, powerful by land and by sea. Ooh. Giving me great joy, great joy vibes, you know. Oh, great joy vibes, right? She would have been a great joy. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. You're absolutely right. (laughs) So if you look at the map of County Mayo, you see that their lands are kind of like a peninsula. So she would have grown up surrounded by water. So everyone there just so happened be sailors which surprise surprise surprise. (laughs) it did actually surprise me that you know ireland is an island and their clan seems to be like the only big one that was into being sailor like the rest of ireland was sort of like ew no like they didn't they did not do trading by ships or anything i don't i just assume every island country is going to be really into you would Being think, sailors. you would think, you because would think. that's how you would travel around, but, you know. Yeah, but I guess right. they just didn't go anywhere. <laughs> they kind of just stayed put. Yeah, right. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> also, the O'Malley clan is super, super old and has been running that shit in that area for a minute. Like, her family had been running the area of County Mayo since the 12th century. That that family is like a descendant branch of the other family that had ran it since the 8th century. So they're pretty established, you would say. (laughs) Right? Her dad was the chieftain of the O'Malley clan. So uh, let's go over a sweeping summary of the political system in Ireland at the time. We could do a whole episode on that. So we are going to try to minimize it, y'all. We're going to try to make it digestible. So Ireland didn't really have a central government. They had a lot of little clans kind of scattered throughout, and they all Mm -hmm. ran their own individual territories. 
Sometimes those clans got along. Sometimes they didn't get along. Sometimes not so much. It reminded me, remember in the Boudicca episode, how it was a bunch Mm -hmm. of different tribes, and then Rome was just sort of like their like head boss. That's kind of how it was in Ireland. Um, so the King of England first call it, started calling themselves uh, the Lords of Ireland in the 12th century, but none of them really fucked with Ireland too much, mm-hmm. except for Dublin. Like they had a big presence in Dublin, but besides that, especially somewhere so far west, like County Mayo, the Kings of England typically left alone. But then, soon after she was born, there's this guy named Henry VIII. Have you ever heard of this guy? Oh, God. Nah. <laughs> that fucking guy. That fucking guy. <laughs> he was so horny for Ireland. He was Henry just horny VIII. in general. He was horny in general, but also for Ireland. Mm-hmm. And he was just like, I am going to be way, way more involved in um making Ireland more English now. So he put in place this thing called surrender and regrant. And that's where the chieftains in Ireland would surrender their property to Henry. And then Henry would then give it back to them as well as giving them English titles like a Lord or an Earl, you know, whatever one of those things are. So Mm. it was like the chieftains and boss dudes can still run their land, but technically they're now doing it for Henry in the name of the King of England. Which causes some more issues because uh, uh, we just don't have time to go into it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, just like you can also think, like we said, the heads of the clans were elected. You know, it usually was the son of the last dude that would become the next chieftain. But it still had to be elected. But now with the the way English uh, monarchy works, it's just always inherited. So that pissed a lot of people off. Mm. Which I would it would be like if tomorrow they were like, yeah, you're not electing your president anymore. Yeah. You know, it's just good. We're going back to monarchy. We'd be like, excuse us. Um, mm, yeah. No. So, so you could see why people might get kind of pissed off about that. Right. So part of this conquest of Ireland was also putting in all these really honestly just fucking rude laws. Like laws to basically anglicize the Irish. Like you must teach your children how to speak English. You cannot speak Gaelic, Irish Gaelic anymore. There were certain colors that were just considered too Irishy. So it was like you can't wear those colors anymore. I think it was like some shade of yellow or something. Also, dudes couldn't have mustaches what? anymore. Because because that was considered too Irishy. I actually remember whenever we were doing Eleanor of Aquitaine, reading about her son John, who was just an absolute dickhead. And he, I think, was the first Lord of Ireland. And he went over there and made fun of their mustaches. And so everyone hated him. Okay. So I guess I guess Irish people have been rocking mustaches for a really long time. <laughs> but yeah, but now but now Henry VIII is like, no more mustaches. Absolutely not. Yeah, it's kinda like he's trying to white lack of a better word, whitewash them. Like make yeah. them into English like you are going to be yeah. us now. Your culture, bye-bye. <laughs> you have to be one of them. Make uh, Ireland England again. Yeah, basically yeah. is what he was trying to do. <laughs> well, we aren't sure if her dad ever did the whole surrender and regrant thing, because the clans to the West appear to have remained a lot more Irishy than more of that Central and East Ireland. Because, you know, you really can't tell a fucking pirate what to do. Right, right. <laughs> He's like, I'm out in the sea, I can't hear you. <laughs> uh, la la la. Uh, I don't know. 
Anyway, so this was the complicated and confusing political climate little baby Grania was born into. Her family was rich and powerful, and they had a line of castles that bordered the ocean on uh, their land. So they could keep watch of like what sailors were coming by Uh from all different vantage points. Yeah. Though when we say castles, we're not... We're not talking like palaces. They're more like fortresses. They're more like ye old dusty castles, you know. So it's not like it's better than living. It's better than the people that didn't live in castles lived, but it also wasn't like bougie or anything, you know. Yeah, but it, it was a good vantage point for the family to kind of see who was sailing by, mm-hmm. uh, right? So right. you know, dad could end up looking at that ship and going, hmm, that one looks fancy. Let me go uh, rob Hmm. it. (laughs) Would be a shame if somebody robbed them. (laughs) (laughs) So dad would see people out there fishing or just like riding by in their boats and would basically ride up to them with a cannon and be like, hey, these waters are dangerous. Would be a shame if someone shot you with their cannon. (laughs) 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 And then he would demand for a tax for protection. Like, hey, you pay me and then I'll make sure none of these asshole pirates like me come and shoot you down with cannons. So, <laughs> uh, he was that asshole pirate, whatever. He was, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it'd be a shame if someone shot you with a cannon. You're the only one with a cannon out here. Yeah, wouldn't that be a shame? Like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> they also did, like, legitimate trading and stuff, too. But they also did some piracy, as, you know, as pirates do. Pirates gonna pirates. So, as far as her very early childhood, family life growing up, we just don't know a whole lot. We know her parents were cousins, because, uh, of course, of course they were. And we know she only had one surviving sibling. She had a half-brother. Her dad had a, quote-unquote, illegitimate child. I I don't know why that phrase really bothers me now. Like, people being considered illegitimate. Like, I don't, I hate it. But, um, but since he, since we're putting ourselves in their minds, you know, illegitimate child... He had a, oh, so she had a half brother named Donald, who actually, uh, Nathan, he was known as Donald of the Pipes. Donald of the Pipes. Oh. Of the Pipes. It sounds <laughs> very gay. But, uh, I, th- <laughs> I, he, I think he like played bagpipes or something like oh, that. But, got it, got it. <laughs> but you know what? Do it with, do with that what you will. <laughs> but since he was illegitimate, he couldn't inherit. But, Girls also weren't allowed to inherit because sexism. Yay. Also <laughs> kind of sexism. We don't know anything about her education. Uh, yeah, big old question mark. Uh, yep. And we do know that later in life she spoke Latin. And we know that she did not speak English. Mm-mm. Not going to conform to your rules, sir. Right. So yeah. I feel like that tells us that she was well-educated for a woman at the time. Mm-hmm. And her family was like, the English can uh, fuck a right off. We are not teaching our kids to speak that nasty language. No. No. We say in that nasty language. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> from a really young age, would have been watching her dad sail off. And he traded with merchants from Scotland, other parts of Ireland, and all over Europe, too. Like, I believe that her clan and the Spanish had, like, a bit of, like, a relationship, too. So she probably even learned to speak Spanish as well at a young age. But she got a case of FOMO bad every time Daddy left. She was just like, oh, I want to go. Like, uh. Yeah, and her dad is like, hey... If, if you were a boy, I would be taking you out on the sea right now. But you're a girl, and you're the only legitimate child, so maybe I should can't, take you. You can't go. Yeah. 
Yeah, uh, you can't go. You can't go. You're a girl. Sorry. And the story goes that he's like, if I take a girl out, you know how you just like say dumb stuff to kids. He's like, if I take a girl out on a boat, your long hair will get caught up in the wind and it'll get caught in the sails or in the ropes and it'll get all tangled up and it'll be a mess. So sorry. No girls allowed. And she supposedly said, well, that's an easy fix. And she basically shaves her head. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Love this. I know. Yeah. And a lot of times in her stories, this is when she's called Granya Whale. Yeah. Which basically means like, uh, Granya with the bad haircut. <laughs> Eventually, her dad was like, fine. Fucking fine. You can go out to sea with me. Let's take you and Little Miss Bad Haircut to the ocean we go. Now, this is wild because women were not typically taken on, uh, you know, sailing, like not taken on boats. Women on voyages were considered bad luck, which is sexism. Um, <laughs> it was, they were just considered like a bad omen. So the fact that her dad, who's like so powerful, no one's going to tell the O'Malley, like, no, you can't bring your daughter. And so that shows, you know, that they had a really close bond and that he was maybe a little bit open to non-traditional ideas. And I think it also shows us from a young age that Grania was fucking hard-headed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and whatever the reaction to her dad first taking her out with her, it seems like eventually everyone ended up respecting her and treating her as if she was a man. She was just an O'Malley. And O'Malley's run the seas, the lands and the seas. Like, yeah. this is what she's born to do. Yeah, it's like people kind of just forgot that she was a girl. It just became so normal. Right. So we have to assume that she wasn't only a very capable sailor, but that she was also like a very powerful personality. Because, yeah, she just made everyone forget that it was so unusual to bring a girl on sea, you know? And there's a lot of stories of her being very charismatic and funny and maybe having a bad temper, which maybe we'll see a little bit later. <laughs> yeah. So let's fast forward a little bit. And she was 16. She's the only daughter from this powerful family. So it's time to get married. Obviously. And while 16 is way too young to get married now, we've seen way worse. <coughs> Margaret Beaufort. <coughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so let's meet the lucky groom. His name is Donald O'Flaherty, a.k.a. Donald of the Battles. Um, they just love a of the in these stories. Uh, <laughs> Donald was son of the O'Flaherty. So they married their two kids together of like the the chiefs of those two big tribes. And yeah, he is a strong contender to be a clan leader one day. And his clan was also in the western part of Ireland. So these two clans probably like intermingled a lot. So it was just a really good it made sense to everybody to marry these two together. Yeah. But what you're thinking is what's with this nickname of the battles. Of the battles. <laughs> <laughs> well, our dear old Donald is a war dick. Oh, and, yeah. Yeah. And that's most of what we know about his personality. It's just that he loved to start shit and fight. Nathan, you're going to love this. You're going to absolutely love this. The castle they lived in was originally called Cox Castle. Oh, my God. I need to go <laughs> to there. <laughs> because Donald's personality, people compared him to a rooster. He was loud and in your face and, like, started fights. And just so he – one of his nicknames was 
the cock. He had a very fuck around and find out personality, but I just thought that you would love the I idea love of Cox Castle. Castle is a genius. <laughs> so did and Donald get along? Uh, we don't really know. We don't know. We aren't really sure if they were the same age or if there was a huge age gap, but there isn't evidence or any stories that suggest that they didn't get along. Right, right. Um, Really, on paper, what we know about Grania, it sounds like it would have been an okay match, honestly. Bad temper, hard-headed, um, both big personalities from similar types of families. And in their 18 years of marriage, we know they had at least three kids, or three children that survived childhood. Uh, a boy named Owen, a girl named Margaret, and a son named Moreau. And I did read that Moreau was the most like his father. So the youngest son, I guess Moreau was also a cock. <laughs> oh, okay. Great. Uh, as part of her dowry, she, uh, the O'Flaherty's, were given uh, some ships and transferred some of their sailors and pirates over to that clan. So she got to stay connected to the men that she grew up with that knew her. And she was put in charge of hiring new sailors and pirates. So... She got to stay connected with part of her life while also starting this brand new life with a brand new man. Yeah. And it seems like Donald didn't have any issues with her doing her own thing and staying in charge of the boats and shit, which is really, I I find it really interesting that it seems like none of these men have issues with her being a powerful woman when everything else I researched about this time, the Irish system was super, super sexist. Like, they were not into letting women inherit or have any power. But Grania, the men in Grania's life, all seem pretty cool with it. So maybe, it just made me wonder, like, was it really that that bad, like, that much of a patriarchy? Or was she just that, like, such a commanding personality that people were like, oh, we got to let her do what she wants? What do you think? I think that's just probably a lot of the personality because if she had grown up being raised like one of the guys on a ship yeah. with a bunch of guys, I'm sure she had a very strong personality that was like, fuck around and find out. Like, fuck around and find uh, out. Yeah, absolutely. yeah. So I think that she was probably very intimidating. Yeah, yeah. So while Donald would be off um, being a cock, being a war dick, fighting other clans, taking their money. She would like ru- run her ship of her, uh, her fleet of ships and manage the sailors and the pirates. Um, but while he was off starting shit, his main foe was a clan called the Joyce clan. In fact, I didn't get a chance to research this too much, but there seems like there seems to have been like kind of a red wedding type situation that happened between the O'Flaherty's and the Joyce's Ooh. where the O'Flaherty's just murdered. They, they knew all the Joyce's were going to be at a wedding one day and just went and killed all of them except for one guy. And um, so, yeah, these two clans, bad blood, bad, bad blood for sure. So just keep that, tuck that out in the back of your mind for this next part of the story. And we're going to fast forward a little bit again. <laughs> And it's 1564, and Donald the Cock is out hunting, not for cock, but he's hunting for other things. Uh, (laughs) And wouldn't you know, the Joyce clan was out there waiting for him. He's super outnumbered, and the Joyces are out for blood. 
And that was the end of that marriage. <laughs> yes, he did. He is, he is in past tense. He is no longer among us. Word gets back to Grania, and we have no way of knowing her immediate reaction about the murder of her husband. Was she heartbroken? Was she pissed? We just, we just don't know. But what we do know is that she didn't spend too, too much time grieving uh, quietly. She rallied her troops. Remember, she's got all of these sailors who are very loyal to her. And over the last 18 years, all the other warriors in their clan have gotten to know her and they respect her. So when she's like, hey, guys, it's time to fight. They're like, y'all heard what she said. Let's go. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. And sure enough, the Joyces show up at her door at Cox Castle. And they were like, hey, we want this castle. And honestly, I think they were just expecting like a grieving widow and her children and her just being like, oh, take mercy on us. Don't hurt my babies. Just leave. Take what you want. Just leave me be. But that is not what they got. No, they get to Cox Castle and the Joyces are totally outnumbered. They didn't stand a chance. Zero. They ran immediately. Like... Who the fuck is that? And who everyone, is that crazy bitch? <laughs> everyone from there on knew her. That that is badass, y'all. Put some respect on her name because she is Grania O fucking Mally, y'all. <laughs> and I love this. After that, it was no longer called Cox Castle. It was renamed to Hen's Castle, and it's still called that to this day. Yes, yes. I love it. Oh, I love that so much. But I think this is a good place to take a quick break and top off this delicious cocktail. And then we'll be right back, y'all. Everybody, shush! William Shatner has something to say. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. What do you do when the woman you love dies? Well, of course, you dig her up and you live with her. Aww. The show examines weird things. There are plenty of old photographs from this time period of children out in the streets playing in and among the dead horse carcasses. Oh, I miss those days. Things used to be so much simpler. Cat and Jethro. Then there's the urine wheel, which sounds like a really bad game show. They've done weird things. Cat and Jethro, Box of Oddities. That is really mysterious. Join Cat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the Box of Oddities. The Webby Award-winning Box of Oddities podcast from Airwave Media. I'm Helena Bonham Carter, and for BBC Radio 4, this is History's Secret Heroes a new series of rarely heard tales from World War II. They had no idea that she was Britain's top female codebreaker. We'll hear of daring risk-takers. What she was offering to do was to ski in over the high Carpathian mountains. Of course it was dangerous, but uh, danger was his friend. Subscribe to History's Secret Heroes wherever you get your podcasts. And we are back. Nathan, your your cocktail's looking fancy over there. I know. It's oh. tasty and delicious. Oh. It's warming me up. And maybe I'll yes. get to go to Cox Cox Castle. Castle. <laughs> Castle now. Sorry to tell you. Shit. Uh, <laughs> <but> <laughs> So let's get back on track with Grania. So she and her men hung back with her crew and kids at Hen's Castle, and they kind of laid low for the next couple of years. There's a several conflicting stories of what happened next, but 
All they're all sexist. Sex- yes, every <laughs> yeah. single one of them includes sexism. So women can't inherit land. So despite her being very popular and a total badass and getting shit done, her husband's family was like, mm, we want to give the land to someone else. And she has no claim to it. So she had to go. Right. Another story is that she was supposed to get her dowry back. Like it was in like their prenup, basically. Like if if her cocky husband dies before her, she gets a lot of money back. But the family decided, like, you're just a woman. We're not going to give it to you. And wh- what the fuck can you do? Nothing. Because I guess they weren't paying attention. <sighs> Either way, Grania had to go home back to one of her parents' castles. Though both of her parents appear to still be alive, as we mentioned at the top, they had castles to spare. And she and her three kids end up moving back to County Mayo. But her dad was like, here. You can just has one of these castles just on your own. Just take one of these. Just take one of them. Uh, they move in to one of the castles on an island called Clare Island, which I went down just a little bit of a rabbit hole. It looks lovely and cold. <laughs> it, and all of her ships and sailors that, you know, she had acquired from her first marriage, they all follow her. Like, I think the O'Flaherty's thought that all the sailors were going to want to stay with them because they've been working for them for like 20 years now. But they were like, no, we're going where the boss lady is going. Have you have you seen this bitch fight? Like, we are sticking with her. Yeah. And um, yeah, sh- she just had that kind of reputation that it seems like at this point in her life, I guess she would have been about 35 at this point. She is like, people know her. People want to go work for her. If you're going to be in the sailor game, in the pirate game, you want... Grania O'Malley as your boss. And so, yeah, all her new place on Clare Island is now kind of like their hub. It's a small island, but it's big enough to park all their shit and their ships and set up camp. Their shit and their ships. The shit yeah. and their ships. So, <laughs> so Clare Island is about 4,000 acres inside, and the only island that we're really familiar with is Galveston, and that one is 130,000. So this is a ton of island. Tiny little island. island. And it's all, uh, yeah, the little rabbit hole I went down. Um, it says the population right now of Clare Island is about 160 people. Um, and at its, <laughs> like, height, of population, it was still in like the 1800s, it was still less than 10,000 people. So, tiny little island. Yeah, but big enough to set up a legit shipping business and a slightly less legitimate <laughs> pirating business. Yes, yes. <laughs> a little bit under the table there. Um, her dad was getting there up, up there in age. So, she was kind of starting to take over the more, you know, taxing part of the family business. And she was she was doing the legit trading, like with Spain and Scotland and stuff. But she made deals with merchants, and she probably learned to speak a decent amount of Spanish at this point, too, um, if she hadn't already been fluent in Spanish. I think at this point she did become. Yeah, she was also most definitely robbing ships. Oh, most definitely. Absolutely. <laughs> and she'd go out with her men when they were going on some really important voyages. So she's earning... All of this respect from everybody in her clan and other clans as well. Right. And sometimes, sometime around this time, her dad does die. Again, zero information on how or when. But she now becomes the O'Malley, which I found really confusing. Because it seems like it's like a hard rule. Women can't inherit. But she does. So, I, I don't know. Uh, I don't and- know. 
and this, the time after the death of men that were supposed to make her power, aka her husband or father, this is when she gets the name the Pirate Queen. Right. So she's not powerful by association of the men in her life. She is independently powerful. And after about a year on her own and being the head bitch in charge on Pirate Island, the an English ship wrecks on Clare Island. Look, this is a bad place for any English ship to end up, I think. But the story goes that one of the guys on the ship was a stone-cold hottie and caught Grania's eye. His name is not known 100%, so we're just going to call him Loveaboy. Loveaboy. And (laughs) it seems like they may have fallen in love, which, okay, she didn't get to choose her last dude, so love this for her. And now she's choosing her own hunky sailor. What shall we do with hunky sailor? What shall we do with hunky sailor? (laughs) 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 <laughs> a lot of things. Oh, don't answer that. That is rhetorical. <laughs> but yeah, whenever she hooked up with Loverboy, she may have taken a couple of months off just to kind of spend time in her little Loverboy love bubble. And has love made this pirate queen soft? Hard, maybe. Hard, maybe. But because this is a story of a woman with a long career of doing pirate shit, Spoiler alert, this doesn't last. Nope. One day, Loverboy is out hunting, which, okay, maybe yeah. men she knows it should not go out hunting yeah. because it seems bad. Yeah. <laughs> Mick, Mick Loverboy. Wow. <laughs> hey, um, that works. <laughs> oh, Loverboy. <laughs> Mick Loverboy. Because this doesn't really work for him no. because Loverboy was attacked by the men of the McMahon clan. And Loverboy, he be dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't. Find out exactly why the McMahon clan decided to kill Loverboy. Like, unlike the O'Flaherty's and the Joyce's, it doesn't really seem like these two clans had, like, deep-rooted hate for each other. But also, uh, this part of history is just a chaotic mess. So, I, I, I just don't fucking know. Maybe they were just bored. Maybe Grania <laughs> had stolen one of their fucking ships. Who, who fucking knows? Either way, they... They didn't know. They didn't. Th- they didn't use the critical thinking part of their brain when they did. This no, thing. because yeah. <laughs> they didn't think. They literally no. like, oh, she isn't going to do anything about it. Have you met her? Have you met her? <laughs> they have clearly right. not been paying attention to this whole story. They must not know <laughs> about her. They must not know about. No, her. because when she's brokenhearted, she gets pissed. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The McMahon's main seat was this place called Duna's Castle. It was like on a bay not super far from Clare Island. And angry-ass Grania and her fleet of ships, they ride, like her ride-or-die sailors slash pirates <laughs> roll up on Duna Castle, and it's a bloodbath. They just fucking murder every fucking body and take Duna Castle. And this earned her... The nickname, the Dark Lady of Duna. Ooh. Dark Lady of Duna, band name, I call it. Uh, <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> that is such a badass name, I wish. Such a badass name. Why don't we ponder this badass name and take a quick break? Hello, everyone. It's Takuyi here. And I'm Gabby. And we are the hosts of History of Everything, a podcast which you can probably guess by the name is, well, I mean, it's about everything. Do you want to know why people thought potatoes were evil and would give you syphilis? 
Are you curious about all the stories of the terrible and stupid ways that people have kicked the bucket over the years? Do you want to hear tales about all of the different badasses of history and the lives that they had brought to life? Well, if so, then look no further. History of Everything is just the right podcast for you. It's available on Spotify, Pandora, and anywhere else that you get your podcast from. Join us for some fun and just see how weird and wacky history can be. Nathan, what would what would your badass nickname be? Nathan of the Pipes? Cox Castle? <laughs> Nathan of Cox Castle? Nathan of Cox Castle. Yes. The Dark Lord of Car- Cox Castle. Oh! Oh my goodness, yes! <laughs> the Dark Lord of Cox Castle, I love it. <laughs> what would yours be? Oh, I can't I can't top that. I can't compete. I don't know. Um, I don't got one. I'm never going to be this. I would never be this badass. I am too much of a scaredy baby. Oh, Jesus. Has anyone seen Katie? Like, like when the battle breaks out, they'd be like, "Lady disappears a lot." Like, yeah, you know? that's, <laughs> yep. That, there you go. There's your name. <laughs> anyway, okay. So, as powerful as she is on her own, she's like, "Okay, if I remarried someone, if I get married again and marry someone from a powerful family, I could like really, really run this shit." So, there's this family. The Burke family. And they have a castle called Rockfleet. Rockfleet at the time was a very powerful fortress. And Grace is thinking, hmm, maybe I can have Rockfleet. I can have? And at this point, pretty much all the ports in Galway, she's going to have more power and ships than anyone else in Western Ireland. So she's the one that holds the keys. Right. Well, so the guy that is currently living in Rockfleet... His sing- he's single. And Nathan, you're going to love his nickname, too. Lots of solid <laughs> nicknames in this show. He is called Iron Richard, or, as I prefer, Iron Dick. Yes! <laughs> it's like there's so many porn star names. Uh, Iron Dick goes Donald to the, of the castle. <laughs> Donald of the pipes. The cock. Iron <laughs> Dick. <laughs> this is a porno. This is it, a porno. It, and somebody, porn. somebody, please make a Grace O'Malley porn, please. <laughs> <laughs> but no, he was called that because of like the metal that he wore in battle. Like he wore like iron metal and oh. like whatever, like iron protection in battle, or you know, just he had a big old iron dick. Whatever, whatever. <laughs> so Iron Dick's dad is the chieftain of the McWilliam clan. So Iron Dick Burke was single and ready to mingle, and he also had a cousin named Richard the Devil's Hook Burke. What the? These, na- these nicknames! They're great. So The Dark also- Lady and Iron Dick. <laughs> yes! And Devil's <laughs> Hook. It makes me think he, like, he's got a big old nose or something. Yeah, right. <laughs> I don't know why this guy is named Devil Took. I didn't look into it, actually. Maybe I should. <laughs> so at this point, she's got Iron Dick and Devil's Hook. So, of course, she goes with Iron Stick. Like, I mean, Iron Dick. You Iron gotta go Dick with Iron is, Dick. It's the best. Um, <laughs> but then she and, marries the Devil Hook, the Devil's Hook to her daughter. So yeah. now they're super connected with the Burke family. And in Ireland back then, they had this tradition which I found really surprising, called trial marriage. So the couple 
could basically give it a trial run and see if it worked out for them. And the trial run was 366 days. So one year and one day. I actually did read about this in Outlander, but I didn't know it was a real thing. If they decide on the 366th day that they don't, that it's not working, okay, they can just cut their losses. No biggie. No annulment needed. I like no, this. no I kind of like it too. I feel like this should be like a clause in like modern day marriages, honestly. Right? The divorce rate would plummet. <laughs> right. It's kind of progressive. I was just surprised. Yeah. So Iron Dick Burt and she had one son in 1567. And if this story can be believed, it is dramatic. Dramatic. <laughs> so the story goes, she was on a boat. As she does. And she's like 100 million months pregnant. So pregnant. Seems like poor planning on her part, but whatever. We're just going to gloss over that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And as someone does when they are 100 months pregnant, she goes into labor and gives birth to her only son by Iron Dick, a little boy named Theobald, who is later known as Toby of the Ships. Of the ships. Of the ships is a lot nicer than of the battles or of the pipes, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) But right after her baby was born, she hears like a commotion going up on like the top deck. Dudes rush down and they're like, you have to come help us. We're being attacked by other pirates, which is kind of ironic. Yeah. (laughs) All the pirates didn't know what to do while being attacked by other pirates. Like, fucking seriously? You can't handle this on your own? I can't take a fucking day off. I just gave birth. Yeah. So she gets out of bed, drags herself upstairs, grabs two pistols, one for each hand, climbs up on decks, and just starts firing like crazy on all the pirates that are attacking them. This is just epic imagery. Right? I bet she was like a really scary looking thing to see. I'm going to share my screen with you. There's this image that there's this image right here. Can you see that? It's like supposed to be like a reenactment of this scene of her with the two pistols. But all she needs is a baby like strapped to her back. Right? (laughs) How badass is that picture? We'll definitely put it up on Instagram so y'all can see it too. But I just look at the rage in her face right there. But get um, off my boat. Get off my fucking boat. I just had a baby. <laughs> Give me the day off. <laughs> I have to imagine if that's true, though, I've never given birth. But I feel like what I my friends and my sister and stuff have talked about. Aren't you kind of aren't you kind of bleeding still? Like, I yeah, don't think they a little have... leaky. So I'm just imagining like, is she like. That must have been a scary sight for the other pirates of her just, like, bleeding, like, covered in (laughs) blood, and just, like, with the guns just a-blaring at them, like, she, but whatever she did, I mean, I have to imagine, like, she's bleeding, she's sweating, her adrenaline is off the fucking charts, she's probably also got, like, that mama bear mentality. Yeah. Like, the hormones just popping off, and she is pissed, and so she comes out guns a-blazing, and the pirates are like, never mind, (laughs) We were just kidding. Just kidding. Yeah. Just testing you. You passed. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So one more wild story about her before we leave the rest of her story for part two, because we couldn't just do one episode. You got kidding two. Me? Yeah. <laughs> so after getting back to Clear Island with her newborn son, she goes to Rockfleet Castle with her men and Iron Dick 
isn't there. <laughs> He's off doing some iron dick pirating. Uh, so <laughs> Grania and her kids and her men are settling in at Rockfleet, and she changes the fucking locks. Yes. Remember the trial marriage thing? The one year and one day? Well, when she gets there, it is just shy of their one year anniversary. And the story goes that when Burke returns, he's like trying to get in. He's like, "What? why have the locks been changed? And supposedly she goes up to like the top of the castle and screams out, uh, I divorce you, Richard Burke, and I'm keeping the fucking castle too. but the two actually remained married for another 20 years so obviously they came to some sort of agreement what a fun story oh what a fun we could not tell that story yeah if they had any kind of physical relationship after this we don't know because they only had the one kid but yeah so yeah gracie is out here in the prime of her life she's She's commanding. She's killing her enemies, having babies while being attacked by pirates. She is really building a wild reputation across the world. But most notably, she's building up a reputation in England, which could be dangerous because there's this other queen that's starting to take note of her. And this queen's like, maybe we should be keeping an eye on this pirate queen. See what she's up to. And that queen is Queen Elizabeth I of England. Maybe you've heard of and her. And she enters the chat. Yes. Uh, and that's where we're going to leave it for today now. Folks. Yes. What a fun story. I can't wait to see what happens. Uh, don't Google it. Ooh, don't Google it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Cheers, bitches. See y'all next time. Yes.